Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff, and welcome to another episode on our podcast, Simple Conversations. I'm here with my wife, Carrie. Hey, guys. What's going on? Okay, so today is going to be an interesting topic. Uh, Today we um, are having our episode based on foundations, and we're going to talk a little bit on how we built our relationship on this uh, core foundation strategy that uh, I applied um, to uh, our relationship. Um, I'm just going to quickly start off really quick with a definition on what foundation uh, means. Uh, It is a basis on which upon something stands or is supported. Um, Another term that I like to agree upon is a a body or ground upon which something is built up or overlaid. And that is quite interesting uh, with the word built up. Um, So how I kind of described our relationship with Carrie personally is I wanted to kind of start slow and build a strong foundation and support our relationship basically the house up. So built it up, um, but have something strong to support it. Um, just to be willing to uh, kind of move on within our lives to have something sort of homemade, but also well adept and knowledgeable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when we start talking about foundations today, um, a foundation was something that we kind of decided as a couple was something that was going to be important to us. And for us, uh, a foundation is something that you use to kind of grow what it could become from the starting points and, and where you start those foundations really plays a role in what kind of relationship you want this to be or turn into. Um, And so for us, we didn't truly feel like we had a good foundation in our relationship together. I think when we really seriously started talking about marriage, it was about five years in. But it really was, by the time we did get engaged, we were like, okay, it's time. We need to do it. Let's go. Um, Which was seven years. And so really for us, it took us until five years to feel like we, we might have a good foundation going. And then by seven years, we knew it was solid. We knew it was, it was where we wanted it to be. And for some of you, that may not, it may not be that long. For some of you, um, I know we had some friends in college who dated less than two months, were engaged at six months, and were married before they had known each other a year. And for them, that was the foundation that they thought that they needed to have in order to be ready. And for them, that's all the time that it took. And for us, it took a little bit longer. And we had our own journey to learn. And for some people, they won't marry anybody unless, you know, they've been with them a minimum of 10 years. And those numbers can change from person to person and from couple to couple, or they can change even from when you start your foundation to where you 
are five years in from that foundation. You know, things change and people change, but this is kind of our point of views on what those foundations are and kind of how we break them up together, but also how foundations are really important for any relationship. You know, it's not something that it has to be, oh, you know, it could be a roommate foundation. It could be, uh, it could be a couple's foundation. It could be a relationship with your family that you didn't really have before. You know, it's foundations are something that are important for any kind of relationship. And I feel like we have really benefited ourselves from the amount of focus that we've put on it. Yeah. And, and the backtrack on couple points i mean obviously if you feel right with the person that you're with and you want to get your family started you want to get married you want to go that extra set by all means do that we on the other hand felt that six months was way too short a year is way too short two years is way too short because you honestly can't really know a person uh by that time span and you know, back in the day, you know, 1930s and 40s, it was much different. I mean, you had to, based on much had out of high school, you had to get a job and get married and have kids before you're even 30. And, you know, it was a fast-paced type of um, relationship building. And, you know, some of them, some of that worked because, you know, back then marriages were considered like permanent. You can't go back on it. Um, but nowadays you can. Um, you know, divorce rates are um, a thing now. And, and not that we're talking about that. <laughs> no, no, but... that's, not, that's not a thing. But it's, it's the different era, the different type of time that we're in. You know, uh, marriages back then lasted 50, 60, 70 years. And that's great. And that's what I, I encourage a lot of people to strive for is a long-lasting relationship, marriages, and happy and fulfilled marriages. Um It's just we felt that taking our time, getting experience, figuring things out before we took that big step into being together for the rest of our lives. Because six months is not going to work for us. Like for us personally, it would not have ever worked. Uh, There was just really a lot of issues that if we ended up getting married within six months or within a year, that are that are pet peeves, that are habits, um, that we didn't find out um beforehand. You know, we we actually moved in together um a little bit into college. Um she stayed in my dorm room, I stayed in her dorm room and when we first finally um graduated and moved down to Denver, um we got our apartment together and you no, know, we moved in right away and tried to, you know, figure things out. And there's a lot of people who are against that, you know, it's like you, sh- you shouldn't be moving in before you get married and, and all that. And I totally understand that. I really do. But, um, you know, financially, uh, you can't just live separately. I, I didn't have any connections down here in Colorado as much as I did back home in Montana. So we, we try to get experiences under our belts and that is the core, core, uh, example of uh, a good foundation is to build on experience and build on type of events that you can learn from. That's one thing too, that like um, 
just as a lot of you guys probably are, we're, we've been in quarantine. We've been in quarantine for the past three weeks. And one of the things that um, has been really difficult for us is that, you know, this is a whole new, it's a whole new playing field. You know, we're, we're playing some kind of game in outer space with the amount of craziness that's going on in this world right now. And it has been challenging for us to try to navigate together and not get on each other's nerves. And I'm, you know, almost always the one panicking in the corner, like I've said in a previous episode. And it's been really tough for me. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier this week when we were having a tougher time was that we were talking about, you know, if we weren't together as long as we had been together and have built a marriage already, like if we were, if we were just dating and going through this, it would probably have been (laughs) a lot harder to stay together. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It it would not have worked. And we, you know, all these people are having to cancel their weddings or, you know, it's horrible. But at the same time, I think of the people who have been, you know, you've seen those videos on Facebook of people getting married in the street and, you know, they're just now getting married and they're just now finding their way and they're doing it in one of the hardest times in history right now. Like, it's a crazy thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, we got to, I'm, I had to say, you have to learn these things before any risk. You know, you have to learn these things before any any major thing is on the line. Right. You know, try to minimize minimize your risk on any sort of thing. But you also have to take into consideration, you learn as you go. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that's really hard for me to understand when I was a kid is I didn't want to learn as I go. I want to learn it now and prepare myself for the future. Uh, but you know, that's life doesn't, you know, go that way. So um, it's kind of funny too, because this is part of the reason why this came up as one of our first episodes is because I started watching the Netflix show love is blind. And if you guys don't know the basis of that show, basically what it is, is these random strangers. I mean, it's a, it's a reality TV show. And these strangers are put into kind of like this big brother situation where they have no cell phones. They only have themselves to talk with and they are essentially dating. So there's a group of men and women and they date each other without ever having seen each other. And they have a 10 day time span to talk with these people in these little soundproof rooms and they have conversations and if they decide they will propose to one another and get engaged and in less than a month they get married and they meet in the pods they they see each other for the first time they move in together in a span of less than three weeks and i won't spoil the ending if you haven't seen it but there's there's a lot of evidence in having that foundation really built for some couples, that was something they could do in that amount of time. And for some couples, it wasn't. And it was so obvious, at least to, at least to me, finishing a show. It was so obvious to me so early on that these people truly didn't seem like they really knew each other or knew themselves enough to be able to build that foundation that was going to get them to that point. 
Yeah, it was it was way too quick, and you know, kind of metaphorically, if you set a foundation of concrete and you don't wait until it dries and you put your foot in there, <laughs> you know, you're gonna leave a footprint and it's you're gonna ruin the foundation, or you're gonna get stuck so, completely. <laughs> so, I didn't I didn't personally like the show. I mean, it was entertaining, but it just you you can't you can't skip corners. Yeah. Guys, you can't. Um, you have you have to work on it. You have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. You have to f- physically see each other, touch each other, go out on dates. You know, do events with each other. You can't you can't be quarantined in a place for ten days and not see the person who supposedly you want to marry and fall in love with. It, it doesn't work like that. Um, and it I it mean, it did for some. Like you could tell there was a big difference in what they were yeah, able to I, get done and, and who like you, even I had a few that surprised me that, you know, they'd get up to the altar and their answer was not at all what I expected it to be, but you could tell who kind of had to figure out themselves before they could figure out what they were looking for in this person that they now have said they want to marry, you know, they, they needed to do some more digging before they got to that point where they had to make that critical choice and they now had to throw the other person under the bus and they had to hurt that person and that's that the whole goal of building a foundation is to be able to avoid that for yourself and for the other person and and the and the whole concept of our episode today is foundations and experiences and how to build up a relationship what experiences are they experiencing in that building that they can't see? They're just sitting, they're talking, they might share experience in the past, but they're not doing things together to figure out their quirks, figure out their, you know, fears and their dreams and stuff like that. They could talk about it, but they're not actively in the same place that they can see each other and do these type of things to further the relationship you're just basing it off emotions and you know chemistry in the room um i mean i have my own kind of personal views about that i mean if it works for you it works for you great but i mean i honestly didn't expect to like have any marriages on the show work you know i've expected all just to crumble down like the big build-up and then also, no one gets married because uh, he's he's uh, a motorcyclist, and I'm I'm all for environmental help and stuff like that. You know the the things that they find out later on in the show, and they f- come up with these lame excuses of like, oh, he's he's part of the NRA, and I'm anti gun. What the heck? You know? That's so off topic. No, but I mean, I see your point. Their their views are very different, and they don't find that out until it's too late because they only have a certain yeah. amount of time to build that. And part of building a, a foundation is knowing how long it's going to take you as a couple to do it. And not every couple is going to be able to do it in ten days, or three weeks, or a month, or two years, or five years, or whatever. Like they were on a deadline yeah. at that point. And I I understand that. I mean, deadlines you know must be kept and everything, but it's just. There was, we saw the show. There was a couple people that held secrets. Uh, one, I guess, was you know bisexual or something, and he didn't say that. And um, that to some people's a deal breaker. Like, yeah, that's a big and thing. 
yeah. And what what if you got married to this person and he didn't say anything like that and you marry this person and then like a year later you find it out like that's some big information you must you have to kind of share yeah. you know in order to be you know honest and truthful with your partner so but yeah I mean it's you like to show I didn't like to show I just I just liked it because because <laughs> there was hope there was hope in these people ending up together. But you, it, it just, uh, yeah, shush. I'm the heartless romantic here. Um, but it did. It, it uh, was very obvious when there was our already starting to be some gaps there in the relationships that they chose. And like I said, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to end it there. <laughs> we kind of went off our spiel here. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens. No. So. I'm a big of a realist, so I don't really yeah, like. Yeah, he's like romances kind of cheesy <laughs> Some so, yeah that's true that's true you can definitely be romantic but moving on we want to kind of break it down um even though we kind of discussed through it on this episode we kind of want to break it down between dating fundamentals um foundations excuse me and marriage foundations um I believe Carrie will kind of go with the dating and I will go with the marriage. Okay. So dating foundations is going to be very, very different from the foundations that you build in a marriage. Obviously, you know, it's a life changing thing when you decide to say yes to whatever person you're saying yes to. Um, And so one of the things that I feel like come into play when we talk about a dating foundation versus a marriage foundation is it's kind of like you're building a foundation for a house versus building a foundation for a skyscraper. They both need foundations. They both need something solid and sturdy to be able to build on. But when you're talking size like that obviously house is smaller it's not going to be nearly as complicated for you to figure out but it's also temporary you know what I mean you can move into a house and then make a decision that this isn't really the direction you want to go and find another house and build another foundation on top of something else having a whole skyscraper (laughs) put together and then realizing halfway through that that foundation isn't going to be very solid it's a lot harder to get back to that foundation to try to repair it or even if you do get that far down you're gonna find that maybe you should have built it stronger from the get-go and now it's beyond repair if you even find out that it's beyond repair before it's too late and so we're going to we're going to kind of start with the dating foundations. Um we have a a couple more pieces. I don't want to say pieces. They're almost like topics within that foundation that we as a couple think is the most important. Um so we're going to kind of start I would say first. key points. <laughs> yeah, key points. That's a better word for it. They're key points within those foundations that are things that we think were the most important while we were dating. And when we come to the marriage portion of the foundations, obviously we haven't officially 
been married for very long. Um, it's yes. April now, and this November will be two years. So we're not in it as far as a lot of people, and we're fully aware of that. Um, but these are just the key points that we have found are super that important that work for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, with with the marriage foundations and how far we are not married, we're about a year and almost a year and a half in. What we really want to emphasize is marriages that we see work, uh, key things that uh, make a marriage last long that we've noticed. Um, so we're basing this a lot off our family members and people that we interact yeah, with. Yeah, our own experiences um, too. And... and what they have told us, what I've been told works. Um, and... So by all means, we're not experts no. <laughs> to to therapists or anything to tell people like, hey, follow this easy guide step by step, and your marriages will last a hundred years. You know, we're yeah. not we're not claiming that. We're just we're sitting down trying to have a conversation with people who might want to know what works and might want to know what they can take from this episode and use it into their marriage. You, you may not use anything. You may, you may just, you know, ignore me and listen to Carrie, which is totally fine. <laughs> uh, that's one way to say it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just want to clarify that. So if anyone out there thinks that we're experts and Hey, they haven't been married that long. What do they know? We yeah. don't know. We're just sure. We're just telling how, we see things that work based on other people's marriages and so far what we experience. So. All right. So let's jump into our dating foundations. Jeff, I think you wanted to talk about the first one. What do you, what you got? So, so with this one, we labeled it as keeping a constant pace. And what that entails is when you're in a relationship, when you're liking somebody, when you go on dates, when you go out to, you know, hiking or camping, um, take your time on those type of things. Enjoy the moments with your significant other. And when I'm talking about a constant pace, I'm not saying, hey, go out on two dates and then all of a sudden propose, you know, the following week or the following month and then get married, you know. What we did in our relationship is we we met each other. We went on a couple of dates. We kind of like spent some time apart, but then we got back together. And then we started to do, you know, the normal relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend things, having dinner together, uh, you know, go to, you know, we had a couple of classes. We sat next to each other a couple of times, um, trying to make it of a flowing type style of a relationship instead of breaking it down to where, you know, if you can, you don't see each other two months at a time, you know, um, try to keep it to, how should I say, make it not dull, but don't make it too overwhelming for the other person. You know, um, that's one thing that I discovered before I even started dating Carrie is, um, don't rush a lot of things, you know, just keep a constant pace of A, B, and C, D, E, F, G, you know, like try to keep it to where 
you can spend time with each other, but not feel like you're rushing a lot of things. Um, and that's why I see a lot of people end up doing is they, they get caught up in the relationship, going out on dates. They're like, Oh, I really like you. You like me. Um, let's, you know, let's move in together. Like two weeks after knowing each other, like guys, um, you know, that that's going a little bit too fast. You got to kind of slow it back down. Maybe six months, not probably even a year into your relationship, you should discuss moving into each other. I mean, you got to feel really comfortable with the person you're with to kind of advise that. And that's what I did with Terry is we were about uh, a year and a half in, in our relationship. No, two, almost two years in our relationship. And I asked her, hey, how would you like, you know, moving in uh, once we're done with uh, college? And, uh, you know, I felt that was kind of a right time to ask that because there was enough time that passed that we did a lot of things. We got to know each other a little bit more and we hung out, we met family. Um, and then I, you feel that instinct of like, Hey, bam, uh, after college, you want to like find an apartment together. Great. And that's something too, that like, not even just making sure you take your time with the person that you're with, but that when you are ready for those things, like if you were ready for us to move in together, but I wasn't understand Mm -hmm. that you need to be on the same page together. Even if it's something new and different, you need to be on the same page together. And it's a two way type thing because if the other person doesn't feel like they want to move in with you, don't push it. You know, wait. I had to wait a lot of a lot of for a lot of things. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that both parties have to understand that a relationship, either dating or marriage, it's a two way street. And if you cut off one of those streets and make it only one way, you're gonna run into a lot of problems that a lot of people dating and a lot of people that are married run into feel like they're, they're giving more into everything than they're receiving. Um, and you know, I see it a lot, honestly, and I don't really contribute who has, they're not keeping the same pace, a consistent pace. I just keep it to where the one person is tired of waiting, is tired of being that person that they want everything from, but they know they're not going to ask for anything back because that's who they are. Um, I fell into that trap many times before where I always gave, 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 and and I never really asked for anything back, but I was hopeful that I would get something back. You trusted back. in people that you would get something back. And... And, and that's where a lot of my relationships um, kind of faltered because I just I felt like I was the only one in it in on it you know it wasn't a two-way it was a one-way and I felt like I wasn't going anywhere with this relationship that I was wasting time and you know I I was I wouldn't say I kept a constant pace at sometimes because I you know high school you don't really know these type of things until later and I felt like I needed to rush it you know and I've caught myself doing that a couple times but that's that's where I kind of fall into this key topic right here is keeping the constant paces because it's very detrimental to future future things into your life and it's very it's a solid piece into your 
relationship foundation um, to keeping that um, well adjusted and well alive. Because if you don't have that, then things are going to feel uneven. Things are going to feel like um, they're not in place. So keep in mind that you have to kind of take your time with a lot of things and and that's what a lot of people I feel run into the same problem is they don't keep that. Yeah, definitely. And um, that kind of leads into our next, our next kind of key phrase within a foundation for dating. Um, and that's values. Every time you walk into a room, you have to be able to kind of understand who you are as a person in order to, show people what you want to show them. And when it comes to a relationship and dating, you have to kind of know a little bit about who you are and don't depend on that other person to be the, the one who teaches you everything about yourself. You know, when I first met Jeff, I really hadn't done a lot of dating. I really hadn't. Um, I had a few short little like flings in high school that lasted like maybe three weeks to a month. Like it was, it was nothing serious by any means. We would never say we were officially dating. Um, and pretty much it was really only the last probably six months of high school that I really kind of figured out like, Oh, this is not, I mean, this is fun holding hands and stuff, but like, you're not a good person. Like, (laughs) so when you go into a relationship, kind of understand the things that you value as a person, you know, I've talked about before, I'm very, very close with my family. And I don't think I could ever have been with someone who didn't appreciate how much I love my family or didn't respect that I wanted them to like my family and I wanted my family to like them as well. And that is something that I had always known about myself. I just, I'm really close with my family. And if I'm going to be dating somebody, I want them to really feel like part of my family. I want to be able to all go out to dinner together and enjoy it. Yes. Is it going to be very awkward the first couple of tries? Yes. We, we learned that one is always going to be awkward regardless of how long you've been together, but more on the guy's side. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't know. I was terrified to beat your dad. I was terrified. Do you remember that? I was, my, my I was dad, terrified. Yeah, my dad is the nicest yeah, person. Yeah, to you. But meet. when you're in that situation and you haven't met your significant other's parents, like, there's a lot of pressure. You don't know if they're going to like you or not. It's a lot of pressure even for the girls. Like, I don't know. I, I could think I'm a great person. Well, but... you just you just had to meet my dad. I had to meet I know. Your sister, you had to meet your, my entire mom, extended dad, family. And that, I understand, is a lot harder than me just meeting your dad. But still, the pressure is still there. And so, you know, you need to have some kind of self-values before you go into a relationship and know those things that are your must-haves. Those things that are your deal-breakers are going to be some of your things you value the most. And I'm not talking like they chew loudly when they eat, right? Like that's something you'll figure out. That's something you may learn how to deal with. But it's things like, oh, he wants a family and I have no desire whatsoever to have a family or to have kids. I don't even want a dog. Like, that's a very contradictive thing. And it's a, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. 
oh, he wants to have an open relationship and I want to be exclusive. Game changer, right? A lot of people go into these relationships and they see they have these values, but then it's exactly what happened in that first, in that first foundational piece that we were talking about was they change their values based on the other person and they get to a point where they realize they're not happy because they're not keeping those values. They know they have to be true for themselves. And, and one thing about that I want to add is you have to not really discover them, but you have to just sit down and figure out what values mean to the other person. You know, you can't keep those a secret. You can't reveal them later on down the road when you're going down the aisle. You know, you can't you can't surprise your significant other that you feel that uh, you know cl- climate change isn't and isn't important as as in industrial uh, evolution and everything. You can't you can't hide those things. Those things are detrimental to the foundations if it goes awry you know you have to have that fully aware fully um accepted and you have to kind of accept the other person as they are but also realize is this what you want is this a person i want to be with through the rest of my life who values a b and c when i don't value you know a b and right. c right you know what i mean so i really think just kind of knowing where you stand with things, but also knowing where you're willing to be flexible with some of those things. Things like I, I was the biggest goody, goody two shoes person you will ever meet when I met Jeff. And there's some things that I have changed my opinions on since we've been together because I've seen that they can work, that they can be different from what I thought that they were and it can work. And I would not have found that out if I wasn't willing to be flexible with a few of those values that I hold and know that they may change. And it wasn't necessarily because we got together that I found those things out, but it was because I was put in that situation where I had to decide which way I wanted to go on things and which way was going to help that foundation grow and which way wasn't. And so you need to be able to walk into a relationship knowing knowing the things that you value and knowing where you stand on them, but also knowing that the values that you hold now could change when another person becomes part of that view. And that that's okay yeah. if they do change. But know your hard and fast rules. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the same view of the world I do now as I did when I was, you know, in high school or, you know, middle school. Or even when we were still in college. Like, I remember at one point before, I mean, it was maybe our junior year of college. I I was at the point where I was like, I just want to marry him. I just, I just want to marry him. And so I told, I'm trying to think what it was. I told him for some reason that if he made me wait, Till 2017 for us to get married, I would marry him. Like, 
I, I was insistent. And it ended up being that we didn't get engaged until then. And I don't think we would have been ready until then. So it's as much as you may think you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. ready. Wow, that was a tongue twister. Um, You may not be feeling like you were ready three years from now. So some of that is taking that jump, but also kind of knowing that your parachute is on your back before you jump kind of a deal. Keeping a constant pace, taking time. (laughs) Emphasize that. It goes all the way back. Move forward when you're ready. Um, not before that. Yeah. And, and moving on to from a constant pace to values is another key piece into building a good, strong foundation is expectations. Not just what you want in the relationship. It is what you think you're going to get out of the relationship. Um, Cause it goes both ways. Um, expectations of do is this person going to provide me the happiness the satisfaction is it going to be worth my time um being with this person is my expectations too high is it too low is it just right or on my part am i not succeeding what she expects of this relationship from me to be about um you have to come to understanding that, hey, I I work a you know a nine to five job. I make this amount of money. I go to school this amount of time. We might not have, you know, twenty four hours to be together like you want. You know, is that okay? Um, you have to come in with a kind of a no- negotiation of like, hey, I understand you have a busy life. You have a busy life. I have a busy life. Let's come to an understanding agreement saying, hey, we'll provide this and this time for a a movie date. Just you and I. We won't spend too much money, you know. Um, And that's another big thing, too, is if you don't – if you don't want to be that person who spends a lot of money on their significant other and you're the only one spending that money, end it. Don't pursue it because I see it all the time that just backfires, you know, um, because you're going to get to the point where like, hey, can, you know, I borrow a couple bucks here and there for gas and stuff. And they will flip on you be like, what, you don't have money to take me out on dinner, but you want my, my money, you know, to go on a gas to go wherever. You just got you know, real sassy it, with that example. <laughs> it, you know, I see it not just in movies, not just in like you know, in, in media, but I, I see it in real life that I've, you know, had a whole bunch of friends back in the day that just, they were abused and I didn't see it until, you know, a long, like, probably like three or four years after, like, wow, man, my, my best friend, who I'm not going to mention his name for confidentiality reasons. Um, was in a relationship with this with this girl and just you know I didn't see it at first because they were both my friends and I didn't want to intrude in the relationship because it wasn't my business and you should always have that type of motto is never get involved in something that is not your business no matter what 
um, unless it's life-threatening and involves you. But she she was very manipulative. She wanted a lot from my friend uh, and wouldn't accept anything less. It was me 24-7. If you're not with me, then you're either sleeping or with family, and that's it, you know, or school. Um, and it was, like, down to the T. And, you know, he was happy. I could see it. Um, but I believe he didn't have any expectations in that relationship. She did. And he wanted to fulfill that expectation every which way but loose, you know. Right now, he's in a, a great relationship with another person. I'm glad that's working out. But before, uh, I was really worried because, um, you know, when that relationship ended, it tore him apart. And he wouldn't reach out to me for, you know, six months to almost a year. And that that probably did a lot of damage to his psyche um, that, you know, I could have helped him out through and try to, you know, helped him through those tough, rough times. But getting back to expectations is it, it's very important to know what you want beforehand um, before you proceed any further because you don't want any rough patches, hardly any rough patches in your relationship when you're building a foundation because there's cracks. Um, there's going to be cracks, there's going to be um, wear and tear, there's going to be um, you know uneven parts in that foundation and it's not going to fit right. And you can work your damnedest to build something off that foundation that has cracks and it's uneven, but it's not going to look right. It's not going to feel right. And something's going to give either you or the other person. So, I mean, I don't want this episode to be a down gloomer, like, Hey, you, what you're doing is wrong. It's going to fail. No, I, what we, I want to express is something that is preventative and will help you not be so consumed in the future when something goes awry. You know, you can prepare yourself mentally and physically with what we're saying. Yeah. If that makes sense. And part of that too is kind of knowing, knowing that your expectations are realistic for each other. You know, don't, don't, don't have the other person be the one that decides that the expectations that you have aren't enough or, um, that your expectations are too much. You need to really kind of understand that people have expectations because of the letdowns that they've had in the past. And if you aren't having the same expectations of each other, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't come together to figure out what your expectations need to be. And that's something that kind of kind of feeds into our our last piece of a dating foundation and ways that we have found to make sure that those foundations are strong. Um, and that is your long term goals. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that was super, super, super frustrating to me before we got engaged was um, in several of my jobs, actually all of my jobs, all of my jobs, um, 
all my jobs I have ever had have been client based services and I work with people. I work with people all the time and they want to get to know me and they want to get to know, you know, kind of my life. And, um, I got really frustrated for a long time. I think this bugged me the most, probably about a year before we got engaged, um, was that I would tell people, oh yeah, I live, I live with my boyfriend and I, whether people knew about it or not, they would almost always young, old, didn't matter really who it was. They would almost always cringe when I said we live together. And I know that people have different opinions of this, but like Jeff was saying before, when we decided to move in together, I was a year out of college. I had been living with my parents up until that time because it was too expensive for me to live on my own fresh out of school. And I didn't, I didn't take time off after school. I was off, I think two or three weeks before I got offered a full-time position in my field, which I took. And so I was working the entire year before we moved in and it still was crazy expensive because of how hard it was to afford housing in Colorado. And when we had moved in together, Jeff had only been out of school four months and he was able to be able to be open enough to live with my family and I for those couple of months before we moved in together knowing that that was going to be temporary and we were going to have to find a place. So we did find a place, but it didn't matter who I talked to. If I told them we were living together and we were dating, there was always this aspect of, oh, well, they're just dating and living together. That doesn't mean anything specific. You know, that could, that still means they could end it. And I realized that I had to tell people, yeah, we've, we're pretty much married. We've been dating for five years. And then they, and then they lighten up. They're like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, and then they start actually saying, (laughs) oh yeah, that's an okay thing. Right. If I say I live with my boyfriend, they're going to be like, oh, (laughs) that's the kind of couple that they are. I see. Right. Like it's total judge is total judgment. And the thing was, was that if I said, oh yeah, I live with my fiance, then they were like, oh, okay, that's long-term. But there was still just a tiny bit of judgment. But it really wasn't until we were together and we had the same last name, which I didn't change my name for six months after we got married because we had to have it right on the passports for our honeymoon. But I didn't change my name for six months. And so I, you know, I would put on wedding RSVPs, I'd put our names separately so that they could put them right on the tables if they had them that way. And they would be confused. Like, it wasn't two Mr. and Mrs. It was, oh, this person and this person. Even though we were already married, it was still kind of, like, a little awkward. Um, But part of that was people would think that we were still temporary. If I told people we were dating, we were still temporary. That's not necessarily true. Every marriage starts out as dating. I mean, even, you know, you've seen the shows like, you know, 90 Day Fiance or whatever that is. They're still technically dating. (laughs) So just because you're dating doesn't mean you don't have to have 
and understanding for your long-term goals for yourself. I mean, just like everything else we've talked about today, you need to have your goals for your lifelong plans understood before you go into a relationship. But then also when you're in that relationship, you're, you're there to build that foundation together. And so if you have a foundation that says, we're going to get married, we're going to have four kids in the first five years we're together. You know, I, I met someone the other day who she is to me and, and to my personal feelings, very young to be in the mindset that she's in. Um, they're still, she's still dating. Um, and her goal was to have three kids and to have them all by the time she was 26 so that she could use her parents' insurance to have the kids. And that is not at all what I'm, I believe in for our own relationship, for our own marriage. And what works for her might not work for me, but she can do whatever she wants to do with her own foundations and her relationship and if they're ready to do that that's fine on them but if if she did not already have that worked out with her significant other and just drop that bump (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) what kind of shock that would put the other person in and for them maybe she says oh yeah I'm gonna have all my all my kids by 26 and she goes to her significant other and they say I don't want to have kids at all or they say things like I can't have kids at all, or I, you know, I am, I don't know, a carrier for this disease. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to spread it. You know, stuff like that comes up. And maybe that's something that they don't want for themselves. And you need to be able to work together as a pair to be able to find what those long-term goals are and know what you don't want your long-term goals things like I have I don't know if I've just been just the way I was brought up or just like my interests but a lot of the things I like to do are things that are what some people have told me before like homemaker skills like one of the things I love to do is I love to cook right and I told somebody that one time it was if he was in high school I told somebody that like I love to cook. I'm learning. I know how to play the piano. I know how to bake. I know how to, you know, I know how to sew. And somebody told me, I don't even, it was an adult. I don't remember who it was, but they said, you're going to be quite the homemaker. You're going to be a great wife someday. And I remember thinking that's judgmental. Like, well, this, this yeah. is 1940s. This is someone who I know who isn't that much older than us. Like, Okay, I love to cook. That automatically makes me a, a good candidate to be a housewife. Like, I know people who are who yeah. are stay at home moms, and they don't know a lick of how to cook. Like, what does that have anything to do with it? So, I knew right away that even though I wanted to be, I want, I still want to be a mom. I still want to be a good wife, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to stay home all the time or that I want to not do anything but you know this stereotypical have play dates with other moms and go to book club and come home and make dinner and have it on the table by five like that is not necessarily something that I want to have as my life you know there might be a point where I decide that but right like 
as of now, that's not necessarily something that I want to be full time. I don't want to be this wife that just bows down right. to her husband every time he comes home or, you know, fix it, fix the oh. martini, right? And that's something that yeah. Jeff and I have really discussed in depth. Like, we don't want that for each other. Like, it surprises me sometimes when I yeah. come home and... I just, I, I have a plan for dinner and I'm ready to get it going. And I come home and he's like, why are you cooking dinner? <laughs> and I'm like, cause I wanted to, he's like, but I never cook you dinner. Let me cook. And like, th- as confusing as that is for me, I understand that he and I have an understanding with what we want our lives to be like in that term. You know, he knew that I didn't want to be this homemaker wife a year into his dating. That was something that we had agreed upon and we knew that we were on the same page about before we were even very far into our relationship. But yet you insist on making me dinner when I come home from work. When I say, hey, let me help. I can't help it. And some of that is like, it's not even just that. It's, It's like my... I don't, I don't know. It's like somebody coming in and telling you how to cook. It's like, I'm already halfway done with dinner. Just let me finish dinner. So. Yeah. And, and there's many uh, long-term goals that Karen and I discussed. You know, we want to have a family, but we have to have a good foundation into our marriage now to, in order to have that. So right now we're in a, we're in an apartment and we can have a kid in the apartment, but my one goal is I wanted to get a house before we start having kids because I promised to myself and to the family that I will have is I've always lived in apartments in trailer houses, never in a, like a nice home or anything. You know, my, my grandma built my grandma and grandpa built their house from lumber and everything with logs and everything. And, and they had four kids, so they built their house. Um, and so I wanted a good structure of that as in a good house. And I modeled it to where a good foundation, a good house, a good family, and it would prosper and it would be happy, you know, and I, I don't want, <laughs> this might be selfish to me saying, I don't want to raise our kids in an apartment. I don't want to raise our kid in a trailer house. I don't want to live in the slums or anything. I want to, you know, have a decent house that we could fix up. You know, it doesn't have to be a well-furnished house, you know, on the hills or anything. It could be, you know, somewhere, you know, in another state that it's a, maybe a little fixer upper here or there, but it's still nice. You know, that I don't mind that. What I mind is, is having a nice home that we can call home and our kids can be happy that it's their home and they don't have to feel ashamed. They don't have to feel embarrassed about, you know, inviting friends over, you know, and I always felt that I always felt embarrassed, you know, all my friends from school come over and I, I live in a, you know, one bedroom apartment with my dad and, or, a, you know, a broken down trailer house and stuff like that. And, yeah, and it's just the, uh, being in the same position 
as our kids would be kind of breaks me down to tears because it's like, I know how he, he's feeling, you know, he might not show it, but I know what he's feeling. And I told Carrie that I won't have our kids feel like that, you know, um, and I'm going to try my damnedest to get, provide for our family and provide f- for a better house so they don't have to feel ashamed of where they live. And that's one of my long-term goals that we both agree on and that we want to do. And that is the one important thing is make your long-term goals together, but also have it come from a personal understanding. Like I just told you why I want a house. It's, it's from a personal feeling, a personal experience. And I want to share that with Carrie and we are going to, you know, come together, agree upon a place and move from there. And that will satisfy one of my goals. You know, one of her goals is to, um, you know, have a family and have kids, but also, you know, be on a farm uh, or, you know, a land and we can build our house. Yeah. That's one of the things too, that, um, I don't think we talked about it on here at all, but, um, I, one of my biggest passions in life is, um, horses and I have a horse of my own and I have my entire education is based on equine topics and I've made my life very surrounded by that and something that I've always wanted to have and I've always had a dream of is having my kids grow up around horses because I didn't get to do that until I was older and it's my biggest passion and I want my kids to be able to experience that and obviously I know that that may not be something I can necessarily control that they do or don't like it but I want them to be able to get the things that I think they can learn from being around horses and this will be a whole other spiel that you will get me ranting about if I'm not careful so I'm going to keep it brief but um, I feel like there's a lot that goes into being able to have those responsibilities that come with working with an animal like a horse um, and the things that we can learn from them and the things that they can learn from us are such important things that I want my kids to be able to have that chance. And that's something that we've talked about as a couple. And we we have an understanding with each other that, like, my horse to me is one of the most important things right now. And I am not willing to sacrifice that. And he is willing to meet me in the middle. And he understands that me not being able to go ride or go have a horse is not something that's that's an option and he's willing to support me in that um I know people who you know are horse crazy like I am and they have significant others that do not support them whatsoever and I'm talking like a whole other level whatsoever and it's a really hard thing to see it's a really hard thing to watch for me But that's because I'm coming from a place where I have that support and my, and Jeff understands that that's one of my long-term goals and it's not really something I'm 
willing to be flexible about. But with those people, they've never situation, they've never had that person be supportive of them. And that to me, to me, not to some people, but to me, is a sign that their foundations aren't, excuse me, their foundations are not as strong as they think they might be. And that's just my opinion. You might think something totally different. They might think something totally different. But that's just from my perspective. I don't necessarily know the whole story. I'm not going to judge them based on that. I could tell them what I think about it. But just because I think something doesn't necessarily make it the right way of thinking or the only way of thinking. So having your, having your long-term goals is super, super important. And something that you'll find with all of these things we've talked about for dating foundations, whether it's uh, keeping a consistent pace, your values, your expectations, your long-term goals, you need to have those things understood individually first and then come together and figure out where you're able to be flexible with those things and where you're not. And Maybe if you have more of those things that you're not willing to be flexible on or compromise on, maybe it's something you have to reevaluate this relationship for. So that's the big key with the the dating foundations is really figuring out what you're able to be flexible on and what parts you're saying, oh, this house is made of brick. I want my house made made of, I don't know, cement. I don't like it. I'm out. Maybe that's the the point where you figure that out. But the idea is to put these things into place so that you don't have to figure that out later and hurt the person that you're with. Yeah, and if you don't have an understanding of that, then our next topic on marriage foundations could go completely different. Completely different. So on the topic of marriage foundations, we kind of broke it down into kind of a cliche three three important top uh, key points. Uh, first is uh, trust, uh, finances, and my personal favorite, sacrifices. And I'm just going to briefly go over trust because it's pretty much obvious what that entails is you you have to realize that it's it's marriage – is a cooperative team effort. Um, you know, I get this all the time that I like to, I'm very stubborn. I like to do things on my own and I can solve it on my own because I know I can get it done and get it right and nothing else, you know, will go wrong and it won't affect the other person I'm with. And with that, you can't, that doesn't work in a marriage. It might work a little bit in dating, but in marriage, you're you're tied with your significant other into you share your finances, you share you know taxes, your, your values, <laughs> you share your life, taxes, yeah. yeah, taxes. Don't get me started on that. Um, you 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 share the bond with your significant other in so many different ways, and trust is very important to where you know when you when you first get married. All the walls that you had when you were dating are broken down. They're completely broken down. It's rubble. It's flattened. Everything. And you're wide open. You see the other person across from you. All right? Trust keeps that wall from building. And if you break that trust, the wall starts to creep up 
and rebuild itself. And if you don't have that trust, then you don't, you don't have that security of you can come to your other person because you got to jump over this wall. You got to make sure that, you know, you both understand that you can trust each other in certain situations. And if you don't have that, um, I mean, good luck to you. So, yeah, trust is a really, it's a really hard uh, thing too. trust is something that the reason why it's in the foundations is because if you do not have that from the very beginning, things are like he said, that wall is going to start building back up piece by piece. And, you know, they, they, they talk about if you build your house in the sand, it, the ocean's going to roll it away. It doesn't matter how, how high you build it or how tall you build it or how, how thick the walls are. It doesn't matter. The sand's going to get washed away over time. And trust is exactly the same way. If you don't have that fundamental trust in your partner, because that's what they are at this point. They're not your significant other. They're your partner, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you do right now. You're in this game together. And you have to start thinking that way. And there's going to be things that, for example, one of the things that I was even so, okay, let me start over. We had a year in our dating relationship where we had to spend the entire year cross country, not cross country, but necessarily more as over state lines. We had to start a long-term relationship jeff was finishing yep he was finishing his was last in year school in montana <laughs> and i was starting my first year out of school in denver and we were apart for a year because what we got to see each other maybe two weeks out of that whole time and they weren't together like i saw i came up and saw you once over your fall break and you came down over the summer right before your school year started and that wasn't even really like far from when I graduated. So we didn't get to see each other at all during that time, other than those two weeks. And it was really hard to not let that thought creep into my head of, Oh, he's just dating other girls while I'm not, not there. Or, Oh, he's, he's got other girls approaching him while I'm not there. That was a really hard thought to keep out of my head because there were so many unknowns at that time. And, I was out of school. It was a new situation. He was about to be out out of school, but I wasn't there. That was new for him. Like it was so new and that trust was so hard for me and it was hard for him too. But in a marriage, you know, we've had, I've had jobs where I've had to be gone for three weeks and it kills me that we have to be apart because kind of that same similar sense of oh I'm not going to see him until I don't know when comes back but I trust him to not think about those things anymore um for a little while he had a co-worker of his that I swore would flirt openly with him with me sitting right there I swore she would do it turns out she just loves me and I don't know how that worked out anyway um but it didn't matter what she did or said. I knew he wasn't going to let her go too far. Like, it, 
it doesn't matter. Even still, it doesn't matter if she says or does things. I don't care if she takes her shirt off. I don't. I don't care. He's gonna be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, this ain't happening. Mm-mm, nope. And it's not something I have to be concerned about anymore because I trust him that much. Like it comes to a point that trust isn't something you should have to think about. And when you're at that point in a marriage, okay, this is a lifelong thing. Okay, good and bad. You can say it in the vows however many times you want, but that you don't really know how you react as a couple until you've gotten to that point. And if you've gotten to a marriage, you should have built that foundation up enough where you don't have to guess what's going to happen when something bad goes down. You will have seen what happens when the worst hits and how you as a couple trust each other to get through those things. Yeah. So trust is a really big one. There's a reason why it's the first one we're talking about for marriage foundations, because it really is the the cement and a brick wall. If you don't have it, you have a pile of bricks that will knock over when you push it just a little bit. Okay. It's not going to take much for you to lose that. And in a marriage where you're doing this for the rest of your life, you're going to want to have that bond figured out first. So that's, that's, one of the first ones that we talked about for a reason. Um, second one. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Do you have something? No. No, no. I, I mean, you hit, you hit it pretty much. In so the, um, the next one we're so. going to talk about is actually as important as it is. And I will give you this disclaimer. As important as it may be, it is my absolute least favorite foundation. First of all, because it's the one you have to work the hardest at maintaining. It's not something that, like, you start building this foundation, but it's something that changes so frequently and how it's handled and the things that get thrown at you. But it is my least favorite also because it is the hardest one for me. It is, it is in my eyes, the most stressful piece of all this, which is money. Um... One of the biggest things that people have asked us about when we first got married was how we were handling our finances. And up until we actually got married, um, all of our finances were separate. Even when we lived together, even if there were mutual bills, all that we would do is we'd say, okay, um, you're the person who's in charge of the finances. We'll We'll put the apartment under your name and I'll just give you my half and we'll pay rent that way. Um, when we first got married, we kind of just decided that was what we were going to do. We were just going to keep doing it that way. It was just easier for us to kind of keep up with how the bills are paid and who owes what. And it was just easier to do that in general. Um, and we did do some things like, you know, we got a joint account and, and we, we kind of started figuring a couple of those things out. Um, But when it came to things that were combined, not just in our opinion, but by law, (laughs) um, things like taxes and bank statements and, and, you know, household income, even just that kind of stuff was really something we are, we're still working on this. We're still working on transitioning our thoughts and how we think about money to thinking about money altogether. So it's, it's really hard for me because I really don't like money. Not that I don't like having it, 
if I have it, I use it. It's great. It's fine. But managing it is what I really don't like. And in a situation like we're in now with quarantine, it really has been difficult for me because so much of this is trying to figure out what our finances are going to look like and how we each approach those finances. Like, I am a big believer in I am a spender when I have money and I'm not a spender when I don't have money, which is good. But I try to limit those things and keep super close track of them. And when something unexpected comes up, I just totally fall apart. And I need to get better at that. And I know that. (laughs) And um, now that we are married and, and we do have to do things like we file jointly for our taxes and we have life insurance now and we have things in both of our names, we've had to really kind of take a deep dive into the things that we have. And for so long, we were just so used to, oh, those were, these are your bills you have to pay. Those are your bills you have to pay. But it's things like making decisions on loans. You know, we had a a big loan that at one point would just, it just, it came to the point where we needed a loan. So um, one of us made a decision to make the loan and the other person didn't feel like it was necessary. And, you know, we made the mistake of not talking through it enough before we had gone through and done it. And thankfully it was something we were able to figure out together, but if you're making big decisions like that and you're not able to discuss this with your partner and understand how they feel about it, it's a hard thing to figure because it's not just affecting one person. Now it's affecting both of you. And it's a really, it's a really difficult thing for me to not stress out about money as much or spending money. Like for me going to the grocery store, if I spend too much money, I, I spent the entire rest of my day beating myself up about it and it's groceries like (laughs) they're necessary things it's not like I'm going out and buying you know 500 bags of goldfish you know they're necessary things for us to need and still I beat myself up about it because I feel bad that I'm spending this money that's not just mine and it's it's really difficult but it's something that I know we need to work on together and Jeff helps me do that. He helps me understand, you know, we, we had to spend this money or maybe sometimes it's the other way around. That was something that we discussed recently was that there was something I really, really thought we needed to do financially. And he was really, really against it, but you know, we had to kind of make a decision and the decision was made fairly hastily. And I really, wasn't able to get the whole understanding of how he had actually felt about it. And we were able to make a decision, but it wasn't an easy decision to make. But without having those tough conversations, you know, you, if you can't have the trust in your partner to have those tough conversations and make those financial choices together, you're not just screwing yourself. You're now screwing both of you. And, and the whole part of, you know, stressing out about money on that is you gotta be, you gotta be open with your partner. You can't shut down. You can't 
be hysterical. You can't have, you know, emotions coming to Which play. is really hard for me because I'm a very emotional topic. <laughs> and, and when you're trying to make sense of everything, like Carrie was talking about how we, we had to make a decision on uh, on this expense that uh, I didn't deem was necessary because it was the fact that, you know, I believe you should spend money when you necessarily have to and when you have it. And those are two different things. If you have it, that's great. But if you need to do it, do it. Well, this expense, we didn't have it and I didn't need, I didn't see it necessary to have it, to spend it, you know, um, it was health insurance and, you know, I don't go to the hospital all that much. I don't, you know, I try to avoid it as much as possible. And from, you know, when I started working in high school, when I was 15, 16, I never had insurance. I never had anything to go. Except we weren't in an international Um, pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Which is different. (laughs) Pandemic. But I kind of, I kind of rely on my luckiness and my stubbornness knowing that, you know, if something bad does happen, it's great to have that insurance. But honestly, if I see it to where you go into the hospital and your insurance doesn't cover uh, what you're in for, then what's the point of having insurance? You know, what's the point of spending that amount of money each month for nothing? You know, and that's, that's how I felt about it a long time. And that's probably how I still felt about it now is we're throwing money into something that we can throw money towards something that actually matters, you know, um, you know, uh, medicine for Carrie's horse or, uh, you know, something that I need down the road and stuff like that. And, and that's the toughest part on me because when growing up, when I was a kid, I was taught work hard, make your money, save as much as you can, spend what you need. And if there's anything left over, you still save it. And I work for the money that I make so I can spend it on stuff that I want and that I need. And, you know, I have to, I have to work every single day in order to keep that lifestyle. And that's how I was brought up and taught. And now being told to stay home, you know, 24 seven and not making money. I'm feeling that I'm letting not only myself down because that's what I was brought up to be letting my family down because I was, you know, I made that promise to provide and to support. How am I supposed to do that when I'm not making money? So when I got to the point where I was telling Terry, hey, I don't need health insurance. We need this money for other things. That was my instinct of saying, hey, I'm, I, was brought to, I was brought up to say, spend money on something that you need. And to me, health insurance, I didn't need. And that's how the whole yeah. conversation went. And, and hopefully I can go back to work soon enough that we don't have to pay another month on that health insurance. Yeah. I can go but back to work But given our history, like, with me at least, we've learned that it doesn't matter how healthy you are, life throws you curveballs. And we really would not have been able to afford a curveball right now. So that was my take on it, which if we had not have built the foundation that we have, that 
could easily have been something that took us down a path where we wouldn't have been able to stay together. And that was actually when we brought up, you know, what if we are fighting through this, we are arguing a lot through the quarantine as far as financials go. What about all these people who are just now getting married? Like, do they have what they need to be able to get through this? Because this is, you know, something that we've talked about before is that this whole quarantine COVID situation that we're in right now is something that has not happened in over a hundred years. And so everyone we talk to doesn't know how to approach this. Nobody knows. And as a couple with that foundation, we are able to help each other work through it. And we may not be relying on just ourselves for that, but we are relying pretty heavily on each other. And so that, that was really, it's part of why we included that in our marriage foundations is that it really is something that changes over time. I mean, even just from month to month, but things like, um, last year we decided to talk to a financial planner for the first time, which was absolutely terrifying because we're a young couple. We're not, you know, we're, we're, we've jumped from job to job. We're not super deep into our careers and we had to give this lady that we're just now meeting every single bill that we have and how much is in our bank accounts and like it's a terrifying thing to tell somebody that you don't want to be judged on that and um she was helpful enough to help us kind of figure out what we need to do now and she was talking about oh this is what you do for retirement this is what you do when you have kids and this is what you do you know and all these other things this this are how stocks works and blah 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 blah. and I'm like oh my god this is so much more life planning than I was ready for (laughs) but I mean we're facing some tough times with just this COVID situation but then you talk about things like when you have kids and when you buy a house and when you get a loan and when you, you know, and all these other things that we still haven't even gotten to yet, we need to be able to know how to financially communicate in order to progress as those things get come down the lines. So. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm pretty close to making, you know, paying off a lot of bills paying a lot, a lot, a lot of loans. And that's going to free up a lot of money in the long mm-hmm. run to have in our pockets um, and everything. So with finances and trust, um, our third topic, I, it's personally my favorite because it kind of self reflects on who you are as a person. And that is sacrifices. Um I had this word in our vows, sacrifices, and a lot of people kind of were really confused on why I put it in there. And it's not, you know, it's not what you're thinking, honestly. It's not like sacrificing a limb or, you know, an eyeball or anything like that. It's, it's, it's sacrificing what you know personally, what you do every single day in order to help someone or somebody else um in your life and with carrie i i mean i've done a lot of sacrifices to where um i can't do a lot of things that i normally do on my own um i have to you know bring her in on a lot of things and um i'm willing to you know sacrifice a lot just for her happiness and 
you know, that's kind of a hypocritical of me saying that marriage and dating is a two way street. Well, there's sometimes when it comes into life that there's things that you, there's sacrifices that must be made and you have to kind of come into terms with that, that you might have to make that choice. You know, it could be something small. It could be spending time with somebody, you know, or you're watching a football game, you know, you, that sacrifice you probably would be not watching that football game and doing something that day with your wife or your husband or whoever, you know, it, it's, it's something that small or it could be something that big. Um, you know, there's, I had to sacrifice um, being away from my family since they're mainly up in Montana and coming down here to be with her because I felt that Carrie's connection to her family was a lot stronger than my connection to my family. And it would have been kind of unfair if I brought her back up to Montana to start our lives up there. So that is one example of a sacrifice that I was, I was willing to make in order to, you know, to make someone happy in the long run. And, you know, a lot of people are not, might not agree with this per se, but this, this is something that definitely does come up in marriages a lot. And you might not even notice it at first, but it's, you know, I've seen it in my grandma and grandpa's marriage. Um, I've seen it in my dad's couple of marriages that he had to sacrifice, you know, a lot of material things in order to make things uh, right and make things viable to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, that, that has definitely spoken to me since, since, um, today. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, definitely would recommend kind of self-reflect on things that, you know, might come into the future. Um, you know, after this whole virus thing blows over, hopefully, and we get back to, what's relatively normal and going back to work and stuff like that, that to right now we're making sacrifices and uh, not just within marriage, just within, you know, your entire life, you know, you had to be, you had to be let go of your job and, you know, you had to sacrifice a couple of, you know, things that you do every single day. Guys, I have not been to the barn in three uh, weeks. (laughs) Jeff has been a saint for putting up with me for this this long without going to the bar. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't right. play magic, uh, with, you know, my friends and everything because yeah. we go to a game store mm-hmm. and that's shut down. And he knows that I think. So, so, you know, yeah. And, and for those people that think it's just magic, like magic cards, no, it's magic of the gathering. It's a, uh, it's a card game that you play. It's strategic and everything. But anyways, um, that that is something small in a sacrifice. And, you know, just like in the finances that I had to, in order to give in and sacrifice my moral stance on, on what to spend and everything, because I deem it not necessary. But the wife no thinks it's necessary. <laughs> Therefore, I'd be like, the wife wants it then so be it you know you have to kind of give in kind of humble yourself and to understanding that you have to 
you know, give in a couple of things, you know, you don't have to give up everything. That's not what I'm saying. You have to kind of reflect on saying, Hey, is this better for now or for the long run? And that will help you in your marriage in the long run is to make some of those sacrifices. One of those things too, that people seem to think about a marriage and how how things are supposed to work is that you're supposed to be able to sacrifice everything for that other person. And to some extent, that's accurate. And to some extent, that's not. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Jeff said, my dream job has come up, they're going to pay for us to move across country, but we have to go in the next two weeks or the job's going to be gone and you have to leave your horse behind and you have to never talk to your family again and we're I have to give them a decision today like hold on a second (laughs) that's a lot that you're asking of a person and that's not a lot of time for them to try to figure this out Um, that's asking a lot of someone that you know is going to hold a lot of those things close. And part of the thing with sacrifices is that you don't necessarily have to sacrifice everything that you are and everything that you want. You should be able to come together in your marriage and compromise about how those things go. Now, Jeff, Jeff was a very good example of this. He very easily could have said, okay, I'm done with school. Pack your bags. We're moving. We're moving to Montana. We're going to live. I know we're going to live wherever we're going to live. And you have to quit your job. Okay. Well, let's talk about this and figure out, is that really the best option or is it not? You know, it wasn't just, he was done with school and I said, Nope, you got to come live with me. You know, we had, talked it through and had decided that the job opportunities for him in Montana were not going to be as open as they would be here. And it was a really hard thing for him to move here. And not just because of his family. It was things like the the town that we were living in when we met was super small. And where we are now, I mean, Denver in and of itself has more people in it than the entire state of Montana. Like, it's, it's a lot. Uh, okay, I don't know if it's that much. But it's a lot bigger than the towns he has been used to living in and that he grew up in. And there were definitely some things that he had to get used to in living here. The same thing goes with, like, our Christmas plans. It was really, really, really difficult the first time he spent Christmas with my family to go from house to house to house to party to party to party to party during December because he grew up in a house where his family's Christmas was wake up, open presents, have a PBJ, hang around the house the whole day. And for me, Christmas was a day where we were jumping from family to family and you know, I have 16 cousins on one side of my family. And since then, you know, my dad is one of six people. They all got married and had kids, two or three. Those kids are now having their kids. 
it's a lot of people on that one side of the family. And so for him to go with me to all these different places to see all these families between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day was really exhausting for him. And it took a lot out of him. And he was just like, I just want to stay home. And I just want to, I just want to hang out on the couch. And he has had to be able to adapt to that kind of Christmas that we have. And it's, it was really difficult for him at first, but he knew how important it was to me and he was willing to make that sacrifice for me. And that was one of the sacrifices that I appreciate the most because that's something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to have a husband that would want to say things like, Oh, have you called your mom today? Oh, do you, do you want to invite them over for dinner next weekend? You know, that's the kind of husband I've always wanted to have. And I'm really, really grateful to have the person that I do supporting me through those, those big things that are so important to me. So it's a huge piece of this. And so part of the, part of the, overall topic that we had for dating was knowing who you are and knowing who the other person is and learning how to be flexible with them. But when you're in a marriage, we have less of them because each one of them are so much more significant. You need to be able to trust your partner. You need to be able to talk about money with your partner and you need to be able to know what sacrifices you need to make for that other person. Yeah. And in the, on the fact that, you know, as I was growing up, you're right. I, I didn't really have such eventful times. It was, it was more of a, a relaxation, chill countryside, you know, not so many razzle dazzle type things and just kind of just be in the moment. And that, that kind of, that kind of relates back to my personality and how I'm sometimes laid back and try to be as much laid back of a person. But when I need to get serious, I will get serious and, you know, be that person that I need to be. But one thing that Carrie always, always had to, you know, deal with and probably sacrifice a lot is my, is my uh, personality of just go with the flow. You know, things happen, will happen. I and we'll that figure type out at all. To go. <laughs> and I would... I I always had, you know, I always had a, you know, I keep relating to me as a kid. I always had to make decisions on the fly. You know, I had to be like, hey, what's this? Bam. What's that? Bam. What do you think about this? Bam. And never really gave it much thought. And, you know, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way on Carrie's family. And, you know, I had to kind of slow myself down and kind of realize that, you know, I'm different, yes, but I can change a couple of things. I can adjust a couple of things. And that's the sacrifices Carrie and I made with each other is, hey, we're different. Yes, we came from different lifestyles, different family styles. Yes, but coming together, we can use those things and combine something totally different. But you, you also know? don't have to sacrifice everything and, uh, to be that person for the other person. No, you don't. You don't. You not, and that's one thing I gotta make clear is you don't have to sacrifice everything about yourself to make the other person happy. You just life comes with choices that you must make, and are you willing to make those? Sacrifices As he said in our vows, I know that sacrifices must be made, but I'm willing to make them. Yes. 
<sighs> so thank you guys for sticking with us through kind of this very, very, very long podcast. I know this was not as uh, as short as the, some of the others will be, but yeah, you made it. Um, you guys made it. You survived with us. Uh, this was a really big topic for us, and it really continues to be something that we've always kind of centered our lives around. We will be able to kind of adjust these as we go and as we learn more, but this was a super important topic to us, and it's always been an important topic in where we stand now and where we came from. And a lot of people ask us those questions, like, why did you guys wait so long before you got married? Like I, I wasn't in a relationship that long before I got married, but that's because their view on what is important to them and foundations and building that could have been different. You know, we built those foundations, but some of the things that helped us decide which of those key areas were the most important and influential were the things that we experienced you know, I have kind of hinted at this a little bit that we have gone through some very traumatic things as couple and, you know, some of which have been life and death. And we, we want people to understand that this is where we are coming from. You know, this is just like Jeff said, it is not to do with this is the only way to do things or this is the best way to do things, but this is our point of view this is how we have have maneuvered through it this is how we have figured out who we are and and how we want to apply these things and you could totally disagree with everything that we just said you could have spent an hour talking about this with us and say these guys are psycho they have no idea what they're doing they haven't even been together that long they don't know you were welcome to think that that is absolutely your opinion we are just here to give you ours and if you learn something from what we have talked about yeah. today, great. I'm glad that we can be helpful to you guys, but really, we're just here to talk. Yeah, just, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt, write down some notes, you know. Honestly, we just want this podcast just to be a relaxing time. <laughs> maybe an hour or two to kind of just sit down and just have a conversation, a simple conversation um, about, you know, life, life events, life things that go on daily and, you know, try to make sense of it all. So we appreciate you guys spending the time with us and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it won't be nearly as long. (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) No, no, I mean, uh, it's just, uh, we'd like to have things flow. And everything. So, um, yeah, just let us know what you guys See think. You guys later. And, uh...